Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Biz Talks with Kevin Feely. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, sit down and be ready to take notes. This is Biz Talks. Here's your host, Kevin Feely. Dan Falkerson, welcome to Biz Talks with Kevin Feely. Good to be here. Happy happy Wednesday that feels like a Tuesday with this short week. Yeah, with Memorial or with uh, Memorial Day. The short the short weeks always kill me, man. Like the holidays are great. It's great to be able to take some time off, but man, you feel it when you come back. It's like yeah. stacked so much stuff in such a short period of time. Yeah, for sure. Well, so Dan, uh, for those that don't know you and everybody, Dan has been on my other podcast, Thinking Bigger with Kevin Feely. This is Biz Talks, which is all around business and um, either starting or growing an existing business. Um, so Dan, let everybody know a little bit of, you know, about who you are and what you do. Yeah. So I, I'm most of the time I'm an attorney. That's what I do. The majority of my life is I'm a lawyer. I own a large law firm in San Diego, bought a full person law group. All we do is personal injury. That's the only thing we touch. I have 10 attorneys in my office. That's the only thing all of them do is personal injury. So car accidents, motorcycle accidents, um, dog bite situations, things of that nature. And then I have some other, you know, ancillary businesses, investments, things of that nature, but the day job, the the day in day out is lawyer. Yeah. Now, when you started, now let's go back to before you had your law degree, you were putting yourself through law school being a valet uh, worker, sure. right? Stingery nightclub, the sting back in the day. And, and people, it's funny because people treated you like shit, right? And, and they'd toss you the keys and that, you know how people are. Uh, and now here you are. I mean, tiger, no one knew your name. No one cared. I got, I got pimp slapped by an actual pimp. Yeah. So, sounds yeah. like downtown San Diego. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Um, so what, what was your driving force in becoming an attorney? Like, do, do you have a why? Cause I was broke and didn't want to be broke anymore. I, I tell everyone that I can get to listen to me, like chase something that you're passionate about. I can say that that's not why I went down the road. I went down the road for the wrong reasons. I got lucky to find something that I love and something that's the perfect fit for me. And I'm very blessed that I found that, but I started doing this because I just didn't want to be in that situation anymore. I wanted to be self-sufficient. I wanted to be financially free and I'd never known that. And so I figured, Hey, the law is something that's a good Avenue historically. Um, so I did that and my master's in business at the same time and did both degrees in two and a half years, just figuring that that would make me as well-rounded as I possibly could be to financially set myself up. And so that was why I, I did it. It was just, I didn't want to be broke anymore. Now, has your why evolved as you, I mean, obviously you're not broke anymore. You're making crazy money um, and you have for a while. It Has your why evolved into something else or is it still like, you constantly want to be above water. No, like, so, I mean, there's, there's two answers to that question. I still wake up every day. Like it could all go away, which is bizarre and weird. Cause I like, I know that it can't, like, I know I built a, a, a solid enough foundation where that's not the case. Right. But it's, it's ingrained in me. Like every day I wake up, like if I don't go to work and I don't put in the time, like it's all going to go away. And I've talked to other successful people, Artem, uh, who owns the boxing club, one of my good friends, we had just had this conversation. I was like, do you have this anxiety? He's like every day. And I'm like, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Maybe it's a little bit of both, but it's just, it's always there. 
So there is that, but the why is no longer for money. Like it, it has definitely evolved where it's not like a financial push. Like I'm not a club private jet type of person. Like I live a much simpler lifestyle than that. So it's not like a financial means. Like I don't need to make another $4 million a year or anything like that. For me, it's, I want to build the best life that I can and the happiest life and the happiest surroundings and the quality and feed my soul. And I constantly think about when I'm 80 years old and maybe hopefully a little older, let's say 88 and I'm sitting on my deathbed and I'm looking back at my life. Am I going to be worried about the ones and zeros in the screen of the bank account? Or am I going to be worried about my life resume and how I lived and the people I impacted and the environment that I was in and around? And I think that that's going to be way more important on a legacy front than the financial means. So now that I've gotten to a place where I don't, I don't have a financial insecurity, if you will, it's moved yep. away from money. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I think I see a trend in what you talked about with you and Artem and, and I feel the same way about constantly feeling like it's all going to get ripped away. I think that there is something deep down in successful people, especially people that have built their lives like themselves. So like Artem started out as a janitor at the boxing club, ended up buying it. And now it's this huge empire. I think there's this constant feeling of subconsciously, I don't deserve this. So we're always expecting it to be ripped away. That's just my thought. I think that constantly I'm looking around and even last night I was sitting up late and I was thinking like, man, we have this awesome office. We have this podcast studio. I have a business that's running itself. I'm working on another agency and I feel terrified all the time that it's all going to just collapse and that it's going to go to nothing. And we all know that we can build it back up in less time than we built it originally. But do you think that that is, is, uh, why people are kind of feel that helpless feeling and I think it's part of it for sure I also think it's just you know the human nature and fear you know what I mean like you don't want to go backwards um there's also pride to it as well right like yeah. once you once you built yourself up and you've leveled up a few steps you don't want to go back down and I try to not not worry about what other people think but I think that there is just that that natural human element to it um i also a big part of it for me is i have 30 employees 30 staff right like that's 30 families that are relying on me to make sure that i'm moving the ship forward and that mm. it's progressing the right way that is a tremendous responsibility and something that i think about all the time that it's not just me feeding myself at this point in time that there's a lot of other people that are relying on me to make sure that this is moving the right way. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that, I mean, with the success comes a whole lot of responsibility too, because not only are people, their, their financial lives relying on you, but they're also relying on you for other things too. Um, and I mean, if somebody loses their job, they feel like they lose their meaning, you know? For sure. For sure. And I'm lucky enough to have amazing people here. That's why we've been so successful. Teddy, come here. Sorry, I got dog issues. Teddy, come here. You guys got to meet Teddy. Oh, yeah. Here, I'll introduce. Teddy's been on the pod. Ted's been on the podcast before. Ted's everywhere. Ted's the Ted's the watchdog. He's barking at someone that just came in the front door. Um, so, so real quick, I want to talk about uh, your your 
So one thing that I love about what you do is you don't let society force you into any kind of box. You're an attorney. You wear super cool sneakers all the time. You don't like wearing suits. You like to, you know, have your own swag that you guys wear. You've got bulldogs all through your office. You mix a nonprofit with your business. Uh, I wouldn't say mix, but they're, they're obviously together. And you have the Save a Bully Rescue. Tell everybody a little bit about how those things intertwine and what, what that means for you in terms of your why and living your life on your own terms. Yeah, I mean, you build your life around the things you love. Like I've always told people that. Like try to figure out how to integrate all the things you love into your daily life. You spend the majority of your time at work, right? So with the people you work, in the environment you work, that's the majority of where you're going to spend your life. You're going to spend more time there than you do with your own family. I'm very conscious of that. And so I built this place in a way that it's all the things that I love. I have a dog park in front of my office. There's bulldogs everywhere. The dogs come to work with me because they're my kids. So why wouldn't I try to build all of the things that bring me joy into my daily life. It also adds so much to the office environment where people feel that it's a great energy. Um, the clothing, like I did the suit and boot thing for, you know, the first eight, seven, eight years of my career. It yep. just was never me, right? Like it was never my style. It was never me. And I get why you have to do that. Why like, in the early days that that's important, but I got to a place where I'm like, this just doesn't speak to who I am. And it's more of a facade at this point. So yeah, I wear a black tee and J's every day and that's how I meet with clients and that's how I roll. And I think clients feel that like they, they feel that there's a sincerity to it and that I am who I am. And I am a un unapologetically me, if you will. Yeah. Um, and that, is what people are looking for. They want real, they want a real human connection. And I've just kind of cut through the bullshit of what isn't me and what speaks to who I am. And I just roll that way every day. Yeah, that's incredible. And it, and it is 100%. I mean, when I first moved to San Diego and I had nothing, you were one of the first people that I hit up to try and learn from because I saw that you had built this foundation, but I saw that you were real, right? There was no bullshit. There was no, you know, uh, uh, you know, the typical advertisements you see from lawyers, come get your check. Like if you're in an accident, call 1-800, but you know, like that's not you, you know, even though you still have a business to operate, you run it in a way that I think breaks that wall between, especially attorneys and people like talking to an attorney is somebody who's maybe in poverty is a really intimidating thing, you know? So I think sure. that I think that that's a really big deal and and why you're successful. And I think that this is where everything's heading because nobody wants to wear a stuffy suit. Nobody did want to wear it. We just had to break out of that societal mold. Yeah. And people have to own what's, what's makes them, them, right? Like stop trying to fit into boxes. Like when we opened this firm, it was literally the thought process behind everything that we built on a business level was how is it being done and how are we going to do it different? And let's break a bunch of shit and rebuild it and do it our way. Like everything from, you know, client intake to how we pay our employees to how we compensate attorneys to everything was, I don't care how it's been done on an industry standard. Let's figure out the best way to do it and run as fast as we can in the opposite direction of how everyone else is doing it. And so from the marketing, like, 
I was literally wrapping exotic cars and had exotic cars in bulldog marketing. And I was wrapping fleets of Ubers and shit that people were like, what are you doing? Yeah. I was like, don't worry about it. Like, it doesn't have to make sense to you. This is me. Makes sense to me. And now sure enough, like the industry's caught up and people are all, you know, kind of doing it. And I take it as a compliment because it worked and it's put us where we are. But at the time, people thought I was crazy for having a mascot that's a, you know, an animated bulldog face, which is like an actual mixture of two of my dogs that yeah. is our mascot now. And we were giving out shirts and people were like, what are you doing? Like, but it worked. And yeah. the reason why it worked is because it was different and it was opposite of what the status quo for law firms has been for the last, you know, 50 years and people were ready for change. And if you're on that front line of change and you're brave enough and bold enough to just go, this is the way I'm going to do it. People will respond to that. And people have responded to that. And I'm sure that there's, there's some people out there that don't like it. That's fine. That's your prerogative, but I'm going to live my life how I live my life. Amazing. Now, if somebody is thinking about starting a business and they, maybe they have a job and they're about to go into business, what would you say to that person? You got to really figure out where your passion's at, right? Like, it's like how I started this. Don't just chase money. If you figure out what you're passionate about, like how you found your passion, you're going to be able to be there on a Saturday. You're going to be able to show up on a Sunday. It's not going to feel like work. Yeah. Um, my uncle a long time told me like, find what you can do regardless of money and then do that, right? Like that's, that's how you should find how you're going to spend your life. And I think that there's so much truth to that. And this place, I never thought I'd be the guy that's working weekends. I'm here every weekend, not because I have to be, but because I want to be like, I like what I do. I love helping people. I love being able to build this culture. I love the people that I work with. So find where your passion is at and then invest in that and chase that. I think that's the first thing. The second thing is, is realize that nothing comes easy in life. Like there's sacrifice to everything. There's an instant gratification culture now where people think, hey, I'm going to be a millionaire quick. And if they're not, then they quit. This yep. is not how life works. Like you have to pay your dues. You have to make life sacrifices. If you're not willing to and someone else is, guess what? They're going to get a step up on you. That's yeah. just life. Yeah, I actually just put a video out yesterday called the 10 signs that you're going to set yourself up for failure. And that was one thing that I talk about is, you know, anything that's worthwhile is probably not going to be easy because if it was, everybody would do it. But yeah. also if, if you're stuck in this instant gratification loop, which most people are, they get on YouTube, they look at these get rich quick schemes. They think they can open an Amazon store or a, which doesn't mean that that doesn't work, but when it doesn't work overnight, they go from Amazon store to affiliate marketing from affiliate marketing to some AI bullshit. And it's just whatever the hot new trendy topic is. So I think especially people that are in their early twenties, um, you know, that are thinking about starting a business, you have to start a real business that provides real value to people. And that's one thing that they're missing. And also, <clears throat> you also said this, you have to find something that you're passionate about because when the shit gets hard and if you're going to do something big, it will get hard. Then you have to be passionate about it or else you're not going to want to show up, you know, when it's, when it's not. True story. Yeah. And, and it's not all like sunshine and roses. You know what I mean? Like owning a business is hard work and 
it's not for everyone. Not everyone should be a business owner. Not everyone should be an entrepreneur. I think that the culture has made it seem like, oh, everyone should go out and do, no. It, it, not everyone is built for that. Like it is stressful. There's a yeah. lot of sleepless nights. There's a lot of really, really, really tough times as a business owner. You have to make sure that that's what you want. A lot of people would rather just show up, do their work, do it well, get paid, leave all that stress behind at the office, go home, be with their family. I get that. I get that on a different level now after doing this for the last eight years. I think you really have to be self-analytical and conscious of what makes you tick and what's going to make you happy and then make your life decisions around that. Don't just go, oh, it sounds great to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to go start a business. That might not be the way you're built. You might be a great number two or a number three, and you might make way more money being a number two or a number three than being the CEO or the entrepreneur, if you will. Yep. That's huge. That's huge. What are the misconceptions you think people go into business with? I mean, I know we kind of covered some of it, but it's easy and that you don't have to do the daily dirty, like the, the little stuff, you know what I mean? And so many people don't have a, a business acumen when it comes to finances, when it comes to P&Ls, when it comes to those type of things, like that's the daily. Like if you're yeah. not okay looking at P&Ls, if you're not okay, you know, managing your numbers, if you're not okay figuring out what your ROI is, you're going to have a really tough time in business. Like yeah. that it is that's the daily i don't care what you're doing whether you're running a law firm whether you're selling knickknacks online whether you're doing you know a marketing firm it doesn't matter like the daily is the numbers the daily is making sure that all of that makes sense and if you don't understand it that's yeah. where you start go get yourself a youtube course really grind out over that knowledge because that's what's going to make you successful is you have to be able to know how that stuff works and the inner workings of your business. I think the other part of it is, is human interaction and human relationships is you got to, you got to learn how to deal with people. If you don't know yeah. how to deal with people, if people don't like you, if people don't going to get behind you, have fun running a successful business. Yep. Yeah. I think, so you said something that actually most people don't harp on and I wouldn't actually that's not something that I would say as, as like an entry-level skill. And you're totally right. I've never really thought of it that way. I always tell people, because I'm so focused on sales and marketing and like the front end of the business, the customer facing side, you just brought up a whole part that I constantly forget about. And it's my weakest link. I'm so terrible, not terrible. I just hate doing it. So I delegate it to other people, but the back end, right? The bookkeeping, the PL stuff, and also just keeping an eye on your books so nobody's stealing from you because things like that happen. Um, yeah, I, I think that that is, is really, really powerful. Now, I'm curious, what do you think about franchises? If, if somebody maybe doesn't have that, um, visionary kind of build a business kind of thing. Do you think that buying a franchise is a good opportunity for somebody to go into business if maybe they're not that typical like visionary entrepreneur? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it definitely gives you a step up than starting something from scratch and having to be the entire creative, right? And having to build all the foundation, but there's still a 
business owner mentality that comes with owning a franchise. You're still dealing with employees. You're still being a leader of people. You're still making sure that the business runs correctly. You still need to know your numbers, your P&Ls, all of those things still come into play. Does it give you a easier transition? Sure. But you're also giving up part of your wins to the you know franchise because of that. That's the yep. whole model, right? Like, we're going to make this easier on you to own a business and we're going to take a piece of it because we're making it easier on you to own a business. So there's trade-offs, but do I think it's a good option for a lot of people? Sure. Do I think it's a good option is if you're going to be more passive in what you're doing? Sure. You can get a really good operator, really good manager. You're the money behind it. You own franchises. You can grow them. You can own multiple because it's easier than just owning, you know, single locations where you're having to start them from, you know, start to finish. I think it's a great model depending upon your circumstances. Sure. Now let's, let's switch gears a little bit. We sort of were talking to the people going into business. Now let's talk about people that have a business that are looking to take, let, let's just say that they own a business, they're cash flowing a decent amount and they're at this spot, like where I'm at, right? My business is doing really well. It's running itself. I've got some free time and some free money. What do you tell somebody who's in that kind of position who wants to start to grow, right? They want to take the seeds that they're getting from their business and plant them elsewhere. So that sprout stuff, you know, what would you say? And I know that we talked before about sticking to your bread and butter, because that's the main thing that's going. But if somebody's trying to take that money and parlay it into something else that can grow, what would you say to that person? I mean, I think that you have to first do exactly what you, you just touched on is make sure that your best ROI isn't reinvesting that money back into your own business. Because a lot of times people start looking at other things outside of what their bread and butter is when they'd be better served just reinvesting that excess money in adding fuel to the fire, right? Like pour some gas on that thing. If it's doing, you know, $2 million a year right now, if you reinvested and poured some gas onto it, would it be doing $20 million a year in five years? Like right. that's what you really have to ask yourself because a lot of times your bread and butter that got you to where you are is what you should be reinvesting back into and focusing on. I think so many people, and I've been guilty of it too, start focusing on other things and getting shiny object syndrome and going, oh, I, I, I want to do other things and you know feel like I'm more diverse when they'd be better served on a business level, just continuing to focus on that bread and butter. So that's yep. thing. Now, if you've gotten to a place where you're just truly trying to diversify and it's not a money thing and there's you know other op opportunities that you think have ROI, then I think you have really have to look at your bandwidth and your time, right? Like that's what you really have to figure out is how much of my time am I going to take away from my bread and butter? You know, does this make sense on a time life balance type of deal to be able to do all of this? I've had some ancillary investments that have been amazingly lucrative that didn't consume a ton of my time. Those are the ones that I look for now where it's I can put my unique skill sets to work and capitalize on those. But it's not me having to spend 40 hours a week on something. Yeah. Amazing. Now. Okay. So I just want to tell you something. So we had a meeting, what, 10 days ago or something with Josh, me, you, Carlos, oh, yeah. and we got some solid content out of that. Um, 
but I, I just want to give you props on something because, you know, I have been investing in other businesses. I've been doing stuff like that. But you you basically told me the difficult truth of like, dude, you have a multi-million dollar company that's working. Why would you steer away from that to go try and build something else from the ground up? Um, so I had a conversation with my business partners because, again, the business is like almost on autopilot. We really don't like we've built a really good team of managers inside the business. But now we're starting another agency uh, parallel with this one that's doing the same kind of thing, but on a bigger, wider scale. Yeah. Um, and I think that we, we've we just kind of run the numbers and it it makes sense. Like, so, so I'm sticking to my bread and butter. I'm still doing other things, but because of what you said, um, I mean, we're going to go build another company that, that, you know, I mean, we're basically just following the same formula we built. We're not going into anything new. So you thank know, you for that. What you've already done. No, I, I, I respect it and I applaud it. And I know you'll be successful because of the grit you have. But I think that so many people, they're starting these ancillary businesses just to look good to the outside world, right? To be mm -hmm. like, oh, I've done this and I've done that and I've done this. But it's like, that's not what it's about. It's about creating you know, good, solid businesses that return fluid investment. And if that is your bread and butter, you're best served just continuing to invest in and expand on that. And I think especially at your age, that's the move, man. Like you're going to look back on this five years from now and been like, I'm really glad I did this and didn't open a coffee shop. Yeah. Right. Incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's a, that's a huge thing. And I think that a lot of people, I want to touch on what you just said about the, the egoic side, right? People want to be a serial entrepreneur. And you said something that I know is going to hit people a little deep where you're like, listen, you're not a serial entrepreneur. If you have five businesses that don't make money, right? You're just somebody who gets distracted easily. That's what you said. And I think that's one of the best ways to, to put it. When I first moved out here before I really committed to my, my agency that I have now, I tried to do Amazon. Like I still have 300 and 50 fireproof bags in my house that I custom made and I was going to sell on Amazon and I didn't give it a hundred percent. I wasn't passionate about it and it didn't happen fast enough. And I tried to do 10 different things at once and nothing worked until I focused on one thing. Um, because one really big thing is better than five nothings, you know, thousand percent. And I've had to learn it the hard way. I've had to learn it from watching other people and learning from people that I respect because I have, I've had shiny object syndrome where it's like, oh, I have ADD, you know, business ADD. I want to do something else. I think I can do other things. I'm sure I can do other things, but is that where my time is best served? Like, is that where I'm going to have the most return on my capital that I'm deploying? That's what you really have to ask yourself. And I figured out that my best return on capital is this law firm. That is always going to be my best return. And so that's what I focus on. Now, will there be other ancillary investment opportunities that come up? Sure. Like real estate, things that are more passive in nature, 100%. And I'm happy to entertain those things. But I think that I'm done, you know, for the time being, oh, I'm going to build a company from the ground up. It's not where my time is best served. I'm going to focus on this. I'm going to build this from 30 people to 40 people to another office to another state. Like that's what I'm going to do. That's how I'm going to spend my time. That's where my focus is going. And that's, I've made a decisive decision on that in the last couple of years instead of, Hey, I'm going to try to do all these things. Now in the mix, 
I'm going to do some passive investing. I think that's good diversification. It also, for me, it always leads to, it always leads to business. Like it's weird. Like it's, it, it's funny how it works. Like I'll invest in a restaurant. I'll end up getting cases because of the relationships and you get to know the manager and you know, the owners and you know, like, and so I'll get cases out of those relationships and I end up usually paying back those investments with the revenue that comes from that, which is just yeah. a fun how it works. But I'm, I'm done starting from the ground up stuff because it just doesn't serve my time. Yeah. I love that, man. I really love that. And one thing that I know that you're, that I admire you for is your ability to network and, and your, your uh, relationship capital, as we talk about Jeff Fenster's book, but you are so, so good at networking. Um, I know we're running short on time, but if you could give somebody three tips on increasing their network and why your network is your net worth. Yeah. So you are, I look at it and I tell every young attorney this, you're like a, um, a landing ship, right? You might, I might be a personal injury attorney. That's what I do. It's all I do. I won't touch anything else. doesn't matter what it is. If it's not personal injury, I'm not touching it. But I let everyone know if you need an attorney for anything, call me. Yeah. I don't care what it is. You need a criminal attorney. You need an immigration attorney. You need a real estate attorney, medical malpractice, whatever it is, call me. I'll find you someone good. And I've gone out of my way to create great relationships with all these other types of attorneys. So I add value back to people, right? Yeah. So anytime you need anything, you call me and I'm going to try to add value to you. Not only does it add value to the person who's calling me, so then they're thankful. And the next time that they need a personal injury attorney or know someone that does, it's, hey, call Dan. But it also adds value to the relationship of the attorney that I'm referring to. I have these great relationships with all these other different types of attorneys in town that send me a ton of cases because of how much business that I've sent them, right? So we help grow each other's businesses just by doing that. And right. that's relationship capital but it's also not doing it for selfish reasons. It's like trying to add value to other people, trying to constantly add value. And I think that's where people go wrong is it's like, what is in this for me? Like, what am I mm. gonna get out of this? Yeah. And it's business networking groups, right? I've been in so many different like Latips and I've sat in on BNIs. I started my own business networking group that runs out of my office every Wednesday. Meeting just got done earlier this morning, Professionals with Purpose. It's different professionals that are trying to help each other grow their business and send referrals. You don't go into that group going, what can I get out of this? How many referrals am I going to get? You will never be successful. You go into that group going, Hey, how can I help everyone else in this business, in this group out? How can I help them grow their business? If you go into it like that, initially you are going to get a ton of business out of it. Yeah. That's just the life energy of it. And it will come back around, but don't go into it with that mindset of what am I going to get out of this? Because it just won't reward itself like that. And so I think that's a really, really big part of it is the intent and how you're doing it. And then just realizing that no matter what it is that you do, you can provide referrals to other people and other businesses, and that's going to come back around in your life. Just that. Dude, amazing. Yeah. I, I think that like Jeff Fenster's book says, in any relationship that you have with people, you're constantly either adding into that bank account that you have, that social bank account, or you're withdrawing. And there's a time to take withdrawals, right? But you should be constantly trying to make as many deposits and helping people and not so that you can take withdrawals, but because 
who doesn't want to help people? Right. Like that, I think, is is one of the best things about being in business is you can make money, but you can also do it while you're tremendously providing value to people. And I think that is what makes it all worthwhile. Well, and you use Jeff as an example, and I'll tell you, like on his book, when his book came out, you know, Jeff's a good friend and I have a tremendous amount of respect for Jeff on a professional level, but also we're good friends. And he called me. And he's like, hey, I got you know, I got this book rolling out. I want to make like a good you know pop the first day. Will you buy a copy of it. And I'm like, not only will I buy a copy of it, I'll buy, you know, 15 for myself, but I'm going to make sure every one of my staff members buys a copy. And I can't remember how much the book was. Let's say it was 12 bucks a copy. I went and gave every single staff member, here's a $20 bill, buy the book. You keep the extra eight bucks, you're winning and you get a great book. So I had all my 30 employees that bought a book for him the first day, like, that's relationship capital that I'm paying forward to him. Right. And yeah. not because I'm expecting to get something out of it, but just because he's my friend, I have a lot of respect for him. And that's something that I think that you should do to support other people. So that's just, and I know also that he would do it for me. If the, if their shoes were on the other foot, he would do the exact same thing for me. And that's how life should work. Yep. Amazing. Dan, where can people find you? We're also going to include all of your socials and everything in the description of this, but where, if people want to connect with you, where can they, can they connect with you? So I got uh, Instagram, we got Dan Fulkerson, got Bulldog Lawyer, um, Facebook, Bada Fulkerson, BadaFulkerson.com. You can reach us anytime, 619-333-5555. I live here. I'm always here. This is my home. So if you ever need anything, call anytime. Always happy to have conversations, always happy to mentor. Um, you know, that's part of the give back. Dan, thank you so much for being on Biz Talks with Kevin Feely. And if anybody needs an injury attorney or any kind of attorney in California, hit up Dan. He is the go-to guy. There isn't anybody better. I appreciate you. Have a great rest of the day, man. You too, bro. Thanks. Thanks.